Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast and I'm going to continue my series talking about money, which is a topic that feels so alive to me right now. And I was actually thinking the other day about how much feels alive within me to share right now. And there's three specific topics that feel so exciting for me. And those topics right now are money, teaching on money and internal richness, teaching on shifting from religious trauma into relationship and direct experience with God and digital minimalism, creating spaciousness and taking our power back over our life force energy that's been siphoned away for so long by technology. And it seems like these topics are all completely separate topics, but the reality is they are all completely intertwined and we can't talk about one without the other. We can't talk about creating spaciousness and expanding your capacity to receive more and unleashing your magnetism without talking about our relationship to technology, which is siphoning that energy and shutting down our bodies and our ability to be present in our life and our ability to feel connected to God. And uh, I could go on forever. That's a topic for another podcast, which I am going to record because I have so much to say, but This is a big piece of our relationship with money and our ability to step into wealth. Because, yeah, we can talk all day about manifesting money and attracting it, but what happens when you get it? Are you able to fully receive it? Are you able to hold it within your field? Does the money stay? We need to be able to create a spaciousness to hold the wealth that we want to step into. And one thing that I learned after my uh, digital detox, stepping away from my iPhone completely and all social media, is that my relationship with technology and my screens and social media, and not just social media, but my relationship with messaging and WhatsApp and email, photo taking, all of it, greatly reduced my capacity to receive. I can't even tell you how much more I've been able to step into and fully receive and ground into my reality as soon as those relationships were completely cut off. It has opened my eyes so much so that I've now realized we cannot have a conversation about magnetism or about stepping into wealth without having a real conversation about our relationship with technology. This is not what I'm going to focus on in this podcast but it just feels so alive with me right now. I wanted to share it. And this is also a topic we'll be diving deeper into in my course, Rich, which is starting in the first week of September. It's still open for enrollment. If you are interested in joining, it is a six-week course. It is going to be pre-recorded for you. 
And I'm also going to be doing two live Q&A sessions. So you will still, have, will still have full access to me and any support, coaching, advice, or questions that you have so that I can support you through this journey of stepping into this new paradigm of wealth and, and richness within your own being. And this is going to be a big part of it creating spaciousness, right? Noticing what areas in our life are we giving away or allowing our life force energy to be siphoned away? Because the reality is that we were created to thrive in a state of abundance and in a world where abundance is the norm. We are created to live in within a constant flow of enoughness, of giving and receiving, of love. Our body knows how to be within a state of abundance. Our body knows how to live within this paradigm of, of rich, of internal richness. It's how we were designed and created. The problem is there are so many things in our physical environment around us and the world around us that have been conditioned into our minds and bodies that are siphoning that energy away from us. And the thing is, when we are out of our power in that way, when we're pulled out of our bodies in that way, we are much more easily controlled and manipulated. So it serves those in power. It also serves those in power for us to be in a state of scarcity, in a state of lack, in a state of desperation, in a state of neediness and longing and not realizing that God has already given us everything that we need to thrive. It's just a matter of coming back to that internal design, coming back to everything that God gave us. And, you know, the other topic I mentioned, I've been really excited about speaking on and I recorded a podcast on it a few weeks ago. You might have listened to it about untangling, untangling the deceptive web of religion and why I hate religion and love God. And it's been such a, gosh, I could speak on it all day on really pulling apart the toxic, uh, pieces of religion and creating this sense of freedom for people who grew up believing that it was either religion or atheism who kind of put God in this same pocket of religion and blamed all of the damage that religion has done on God and therefore shunned him and really helping people to return to God and realize that they can have this relationship with God outside of religion outside of spirituality outside of any belief system and we can't talk about stepping into this new paradigm of wealth without talking about making our relationship with God right again. Because our view of God becomes our view of the world, becomes this belief system we live within, affects the way that we live our lives and and what we attract into our realities, what we create in our realities and the limits we place upon ourselves. Whether you realize it or not, your theology, your view of God whether you believe in God or not, your view of God is affecting your reality and it's affecting you as well. It's affecting your relationship with men. It's affecting your relationship with women. It's affecting your relationship with money. It's affecting your relationship with life. And returning to this innate and designed state of abundance, which is natural to us, has to go hand in hand with returning home to union with God into reclaiming our relationship to the divine, to God, outside of any other structures. Because what is scarcity really? Scarcity is a state of fear. How do we move out of scarcity? Not by trying to get rid of scarcity or resisting scarcity because what we resist persists. What obliterates fear? 
perfect love. Fear cannot exist within the realm or the state or the experience of perfect love. And we were created to operate in a state of perfect love. Knowing that we are perfectly loved. God is perfect love. And so when we are disconnected from God, God as he truly is, not the God of religion or the God of any belief system or any person who's told you who God is, but God, the God that you are plugged into and able to have your own experience with. When we are connected to the love that is God, scarcity cannot exist in that environment. We don't remove scarcity by fighting scarcity. We allow it to be obliterated by God himself. By choosing to come back into union with God and realizing or really remembering how loved we truly are. And this is an edgy topic. And I've noticed this pattern of, you know, on Instagram or in the social media world, you see lots of spiritual people and influencers talking about God. But what you don't see is anyone talking about how much God loves us? Because that has been kind of tucked away in this uh, little corner of religion. And hearing that God loves us triggers so many of us who have that religious trauma. Immediately we're like, oh, nope, push that away. That's religion. That's toxic. And I believe that we are this way for a reason. It's not by accident that we have been so conditioned to literally cringe at even the thought of us being fully loved. I think that religion has been used for centuries on purpose to control us and to keep us away from the love of God. And I get it because for me, hearing God loves you was really triggering because it just reminds me of all the toxicity of religion and the reason why I left religion so long ago. And... The truth is that on Instagram, it's okay for people to talk about God, right? Because I was trying to figure out why is the way that I speak about God so edgy for people? But I see so many other spiritual people online talking about God and it's fine. And I realized that when we're talking about God and we're talking about, you know, God as sky daddy and the one who fulfills our, our prayers or our manifestations, Or God as the divine energy of the world and how we feel God in nature and connect to God in the earth. And these things are all real and great and true experiences. But as soon as you start talking about God loving us, it gets edgy. It gets triggering. People walk away. People leave. And it's interesting because I don't believe it's just religious programming. It is a piece of that. But it's also our uncomfortableness with receiving love, perfect love. It's this deep-rooted story of I am unlovable. And even coming to terms with the concept that there is a creator out there who loves us so perfectly that there is nothing we could do, say, or be that could even taint 1% of that love, that is so uncomfortable for so much of us, for so many of us to receive. And because it's uncomfortable to receive that and it's it's easier to walk away than it is to look at the painful stories that we would have to actually face in order to accept the fact that we are perfectly loved. I'm bringing this up right now because if we actually knew how perfectly loved we truly, truly are, 
how dearly God cares about us and how much he wants to provide for us, we wouldn't even be having conversations about scarcity and lack. That wouldn't even be on the table. And there's a reason that all of the mindset tricks and all of the manifestation tricks and all of the courses in the world about how to step into abundance and move through scarcity and release resistance, they don't work forever. They're band-aids. Why? We cannot fight scarcity in order to get to a place of abundance and we cannot step into true wealth without God. And I believe that this is on purpose. I've said this before on one of the recent episodes that I believe God cares more about us being rich in love than us being rich in money. Not that I don't think that he you know, doesn't care about our money. I think he does care about our finances. He cares about everything. He loves us so dearly. But I believe that love is the priority. And I believe that there is a reason that we cannot fully step into wealth in all areas of life, including finances in the way that we desire without God. Because God knows that any of that without him is going to be lackluster. There's a reason we have this deep ache and longing for love. There's a reason that so many of us turn to alcohol and drugs and shopping and sex and scrolling and Netflix to numb. There's a reason we turn to Instagram for love and connection. We're aching and longing for it. And we feel like we just can't get it. Nothing will fill that space within us. Because we're seeking the wrong source, right? It's like thirsting for water but drinking salt water instead and then wondering what's wrong. Wondering why that didn't fulfill your thirst. Because we were created to live off of the love of God. And I think this same thing goes for wealth and this feeling of just this internal richness that we're all seeking our longing for it shows that we were created for it just like our longing for love shows that we were created to live off of love just like our thirst for water shows that we were created to live off of water it is a necessity in the same way love is and our desire for more that doesn't go away it's so innate we all desire for more our desire for that richness that wealth that abundance in life we all just have this, this feeling that there's more to life. Why? Because we're created for more. We're created to live in a rich reality within a rich internal world and a rich external world. But we seek the wrong things to fulfill that void. We project that on money. We say, when I get more money, I'm finally going to feel rich. When the reality is money will not make you feel rich. In the same way that salt water cannot quench your thirst. Money coming hand in hand with wealth in all areas of life, right? When we're not just rich in money, but we're rich in love, rich in contentment, rich in peace, rich in connection, rich in God, all of it. True wealth comes as a side effect of stepping into our beloved identity, fully knowing how deeply we are loved and cared about. And stepping into this rich paradigm within our internal being. Everything starts on the inside first, right? The money doesn't come from your marketing strategy or the job you're applying for, the extra hours you put in at work. That's just the external physical container for you to receive what was already given to you energetically and spiritually. When we give all of the credit to these things in our external reality for money, we lead ourselves down a path of scarcity. God is the ultimate provider. 
And money may flow through these different areas of our lives, like one job or a certain strategy that we're inspired to step into. But that money was already coming to you no matter what. That was simply the specific container that God maybe pushed you toward or you chose to step into to receive that money. And when you're giving all the credit to that marketing strategy and saying, great, I found what works, let me do it again. And the next time it doesn't work, and then you're wondering what's wrong. And you're trying to find the next quick fix, the next part of you you need to heal, the next limiting belief you need to get rid of. Or there must be something wrong with what I'm posting online. And I'm not saying that these things don't sometimes work or have a part to play. But the reality is you're giving credit to the wrong thing. It wasn't the strategy. It was your faith. It was your belief. It was your trust. It was your hopefulness. I truly believe that we were created and and we are intended to experience miracles as a, a norm, as a part of life. But when we're constantly giving all of the credit to things in our physical reality, we're pulling ourselves out of the realm of miracles because miracles, whether financial or otherwise, are nonlinear. God is nonlinear. He doesn't exist within time like we do. He's not a physical being here with us. He is outside of all of that, so much greater, so much larger than all of that. So we have to pull ourselves out of just this closed-minded view of just the physical in order to fully step into this experience of miracles that we're really, I believe, meant to live within. It means putting our faith in something larger that we can't see, not putting our faith in the marketing strategy, but putting our faith instead in God, knowing that all provision comes from Him, not from the things of this world or this life. So it's really important to ask yourself, where is your faith? Is your faith in your strategies, your actions, your boss? Or is your faith focused on God? Is your faith focused on something much larger than the things actually in your life? And I believe this is why we get all of these warnings in religion about false gods and idols, right? Don't worship a false god or an idol, whether that's your phone or your boss or a celebrity or any strategy, anything that we pedestal. Why? This isn't just because God wants all of our worship and he's some selfish being that needs us to have eyes on him at all time because he's insecure. What? No, absolutely not. God is perfect love. Perfect love is other-centered. God is not selfish and cannot be selfish. Love is not selfish. God is love. So why do we have all of these warnings about don't have idols, don't have false gods? Because we limit ourselves and our potential and what we were created for and our ability to experience miracles and all of God's love and provision in our lives by putting our focus and faith in things of this world. God works outside of the things of this world. Our eyes need to be on him. We get too limited by logic when we're focused on what's around us, the number in our bank account. Or how our boss is acting or whether or not we, we think we've applied to enough jobs or all of these little things. I know they seem really big and they are big and they are important and we don't want to bypass that. But at the same time, when we're so zoned in on the things of this world, on the things that we're pedestaling is more important than anything else, we get pulled into our logical mind. And God asks us to surrender outside of logic and our personal preferences and what we think is best. 
because we actually don't know what's best, right? I've talked about this so many times on the podcast in so many ways. We cannot know what is best for us. Just like the dog who sees its owner eating chocolate and it's just whining and begging for it, but doesn't know that it would, you know, be so poisonous to him. It's the same thing we do with God. We think we know what's best and we beg for it and we pray for it, not realizing that God has something so much better in store that won't hurt us in the way that this thing might. And it's the same thing with their finances. Sometimes we're like, God, please, I just want this, you know, $5,000, whatever, $100, $10,000, whatever your number is. But if God gave you everything you asked for right now, you would never actually fully experience all of the richness he has planned for you in this life that he desires for you. We have to view everything in our reality through the eyes of perfect love. I'm always asking myself, okay, how can I see this through God's eyes? Through the eyes of a creator who loves me so much more than I can ever comprehend. Where is the gift here in this experience? Or where am I blocking myself from receiving everything that God is actually trying to give me? You know, there's been times where I did receive the money I thought I wanted. And then looking back, I'm like, hmm, what did I do with that money? I ended up losing all of it. Or I wasn't responsible with it or whatever the story was. And later on, it caused me more pain because of the regret and the pain of facing how not ready I was for what I was asking for. We all do this, right? We do it in relationships too. We self-sabotage and then there's more pain afterward. Sometimes we're not receiving the wealth that we are praying for because we're not prepared for it. And ability to receive more money, and when I say receive, I mean really receive, not get more money, like more dollars, but to receive and hold it in our bodies, in our field, is equal to your ability to receive and hold more life. And and the difference between receiving and getting, let me explain it this way, because getting money and receiving money are not the same. Let me compare this to compliments, receiving compliments. So when you get a compliment, it doesn't mean anything about you receiving it. Someone could say to you, wow, you're just glowing today. You look so beautiful, right? You got a compliment. Now, did you receive it? Were you present? Did your body stay open? Did you look that person in the eyes? Did you feel that compliment land deep within your body, in your heart? Did you feel the gratitude For that person taking the time to share that with you and the reflection, did you accept it as truth in your body that you really are glowing, that you really are beautiful? Did you fully receive it graciously or did you immediately feel the need to respond back and give them a compliment to make sure that it was even? Fully receiving that compliment would look like you looking that person in the eyes, pausing, taking a deep breath, letting it completely land, feeling it in your entire being, immediately accepting it as truth allowing it to kind of light this fire within you and graciously thanking them without feeling the need to return the compliment or the favor. Letting it fully land. That is someone receiving a compliment and they go on and they're a little bit more open and a little bit more magnetic and a little bit more radiant. They've received it. Someone who got a compliment but didn't receive it, maybe this would look like someone compliments them, same compliment, like, wow, you're glowing, you look so beautiful. And you're like, oh, what are you talking about? No, I hardly slept last night. I got bags under my eyes, but thanks. Right? Or you don't make eye contact, you look down and pretend like you didn't hear it, or you're immediately like, oh, thank you. You know what? You too. 
you look so beautiful as well. Not taking a moment to allow that compliment to fully land in your being because you didn't have the capacity to hold it. And that's okay. But you got a compliment, you didn't receive it. This is the same subtle difference in energy with money. Getting it is completely separate from receiving it. And so our ability to receive more money grows with our capacity as our capacity to receive more of life grows. Our ability to receive more compliments and let them land. Our ability to receive more love and let it land, right? This goes back to what I was saying about our inability to comprehend the concept that there could be a creator out there who fully loves us. So we turn our backs on that idea. Our ability to receive more love it also goes hand in hand with our ability to receive and hold more money. Our ability to receive more from men, to receive help from men. Right, Money is a masculine energy, the same as uh, how we perceive God, men, the masculine. So we also can't talk about receiving money without talking about our relationship to the masculine, our relationship to God, our relationship to receiving, our relationship to being comfortable and feeling safe in our feminine. And let me just give you a really little example of this. Yesterday I was at Target and I was buying three peaches and I was checking out and I put in, you know, you have to type in the number of the peach to check out. You can't just scan it. And so I typed in the number and the system, something went wrong. It like started beeping. And so the person came over to help me and I was telling him, I don't know what happened. And he kind of misread the situation and assumed that I did not know what I was doing and I had never entered produce into a checker outer thing before. And so he proceeded to show me step by step how to find the number on the peach, how to enter it into the system. And he took about maybe three minutes step by step showing me it was so kind, showing me how to log my produce and check out. And I've done this a million times. I'm sure most of you have. I always go through self-checkout when I'm getting groceries. It's just faster. And it was actually the machine that was just acting up and it wasn't my mistake. But instead of choosing to correct him and deny his help and deny his advice, I decided to just take that a moment, take a moment to fully receive the time he was giving me and the support he was giving me. And normally I would be like, oh no, I know how to do this. It's okay. And then I would proceed to check out on my own. But instead I let him do it for me and I chose to receive the gift of him doing the work for me, him checking out and putting the numbers of my peaches in. Maybe it took 30 seconds longer, but it was 30 seconds that I got to stand there and fully appreciate that this man was graciously helping me. And there was no hint of, you know, that feeling of, you know, when someone's helping you and you don't know how to do something and they're helping, but really you feel like they're being condescending and you feel judged and you feel just like kind of stupid and silly. There was not a hint of that. He was humbly and graciously helping me without making me feel stupid for being someone who maybe doesn't know how to put produce into a checkout machine, even though this has been around for so many years and is basic common sense to most people at this point. And it was, yeah, it was just so nice to kind of just have the time to internally receive that and to feel grateful that he was supporting me. And so gracious and so non-judgmental. And I walked out just feeling so good and so thankful. And it was just that small moment of me being able to receive more from the masculine. 
instead of cutting him off and doing it all on my own. And honestly, if I had cut him off and do it all on my own, you know what what would have been the underlying intention? That underlying intention would have been for me to prove to him that I know what I'm doing. To prove to him that I'm not dumb, that I'm not silly, that I'm not stupid. To show him that I'm strong, that I'm independent, that I'm smart. That I'm not one of those silly people who doesn't know how to work this machine. Instead, I chose to step into this embodiment that it doesn't matter what he thinks. I don't need to prove that I am smart. I don't need to prove that I can do this. Of course I can do this. But I can instead soften and receive. I can let this be done for me. Because I have such a tendency, and I know a lot of women have this, of this we need to prove ourselves. We need to prove that we're not dumb. We need to prove that we're strong. We need to prove that we can do this. We need to prove that we're just as good as men. But the reality is, it is so much power, more powerful to embody that we are just as good and just as valuable without having to prove it. Because most of this desperate need to prove something comes from the insecurity that without proving it, we are not enough. It is much more powerful to stay where we are and say, I know that I'm valuable and I don't need to prove it. I'm going to graciously receive this support from the masculine instead. That's huge for me. As someone who grew up in this really independent mind state of needing to do it all on my own and prove that I could in order to feel valuable and worthy, and especially to to feel valuable and worthy enough to receive more money. I've always been in this story of I need to work really hard for it. I need to prove that I've earned it. And I know a lot of you can relate. I've heard this from you guys that you feel like you need to work really hard to receive money. And the reality is in order to step out of this dynamic with money, we need to step out of this dynamic with men. We need to step out of this dynamic with God. We need to step out of this dynamic in our entire lives, not just with money. Money is not an isolated experience or relationship. It is intertwined with our entire experience of life. And so, yes, your interactions with the men checking you out at the grocery store affect your interactions and ability to receive money and love and everything else because one thing cannot be separated from the other. I had another experience this weekend with receiving. My friend and I were at a bar restaurant and we both ordered a drink. I got a glass of wine and she got a cocktail. And we were there because we knew the hostess who was working there and she had invited us there to work. Uh, to enjoy a drink at her workplace while she was working and we enjoyed our drinks and then we got free ice cream which was so nice because they knew that we were a friend of the hostess and we had a really lovely experience and then when we asked for the bill we were actually told that it was a gift and that the bartender decided not to charge us because they knew that we were a friend of the hostess and it was so kind because Those are not cheap drinks, right? We were in Southern California. Drinks are not cheap around here. Cocktails are like 16 bucks. Our bill was definitely over $30 for just one drink each before tax and tip. And on top of that, we had gotten free dessert. And the friend that I was with, she was like, hey, do you have cash? And I pulled out my wallet and I had a 20. And she was like, should we just leave the 20? This is weird. I feel bad. We should just pay. And we had this moment of like, should we just leave the 20? But then it was like, wait a second, that 20 is like two thirds of what our bill would be. That would be us basically rejecting this gift. And it was this moment for both of us where we could either energetically choose to receive or reject the gift. 
But I also know that when we fully receive a gift, even when it feels uncomfortable, it is a gift to the giver as well. Because how good did the bartenders feel to see how joyful and excited we were when they told us that it was a gift, that we weren't being charged. Like imagine that someone gave you a gift because they saw something and they thought of you and they just bought it for you and they gave it to you and you felt so uncomfortable that you know you actually stuck $20 in their purse when they were headed out to pay for the gift because you felt bad. When they find that $20, that person's going to feel a little bit let down. Like, dang, you know, I would, I just did something so beautiful for them and I was so excited and then they paid me for it. It's no longer a gift. It takes away from the person who's giving to you. It breaks the flow of abundance of giving and receiving because when you fully receive something, when you let something land, it is a gift to the giver as well. So nonetheless, at the end of the day, at the end of our evening, we decide we did leave a tip for our server, but we didn't leave the $20 to pay for the drinks or the meal. And it felt really good to fully receive it. And it felt really good to also see both of the bartenders like they were looking at us when we found out that we got it for free and you could just see the smile on their faces and one of the other uh, girls who wasn't even waiting on us she you know made like a heart with their hands in our direction and it was just so beautiful like just that little moment of that girl sending us love it was her saying we are so grateful to have you here and to be able to serve you and this is an act of love I just thought it was kind of a beautiful moment of choosing to deeply receive it and seeing how that was such a gift to so many people, including the hostess who was our friend who just was overjoyed to hear that her coworkers were so supportive to her and so happy that her friends were here that they they graciously like offered us this gift of free drinks and a free dessert. Like it was a gift to her, it was a gift to us, it was a gift to the bartenders all around. And really this whole weekend was a weekend of receiving. Oh, my we went to go get lunch and we got it bought a cinnamon roll from the bakery afterward and the cashier put an extra chocolate in our bag we didn't even notice till afterward right just so many little moments like that and it was every time I allowed myself to fully receive something it was like I opened up more to fully receive from the next experience and it continued to happen like life was continuing to give and give and give to us throughout the weekend it was so beautiful to experience and to watch all of that play out and so your ability to open and receive each moment that God and life is presenting you to receive it fully and deeply in your entire being and to allow it into your life without having to give back or prove that you earned it it expands your capacity to receive more It opens you up to more miracles, to more gifts, to more of life, to more richness, to more wealth, to more love, to more synchronicities. So if you're experiencing a lot of scarcity or lack in your finances or in your physical reality, maybe not in finances, in any area of your life. If you're experiencing a lack of richness in any area, not just finances, my invitation to you is to really ask yourself, Where have I stagnated the flow of life in my life? Where have I shut myself down from receiving more of life? And just noticing what comes up for you. And even if nothing comes up, just being open in the next week or so for God to show you the answer to that question. And, you know, talking about scarcity and and lack, 
all scarcity is an invitation into a deeper state of internal richness, which is the path of least resistance to an overflow of wealth in all areas of life. All perceived scarcity is an invitation into a deeper state of internal richness. It's a message. It's an invitation. It's not something to fight with or push away. It's something to learn from and invite in with open arms as a friend. It's important to get intimate with our scarcity, with our perceived lack, because truly we are lacking in nothing. God gave us everything that we need. And so when we are experiencing what we perceive as lack or scarcity, we have been pulled out of our original design in some way. And the scarcity is a reflection of that to a really wake us up to that and guide us back home to ourselves, to our hearts, to God, to the way that we were originally designed to operate and function. And there's so much more I could say on this, but I'm going to stop here for now because this was already a lot and I went all over the place with this as I always do. But I just feel like God has been teaching me so much on this topic in the past few weeks, especially since I... I kind of accepted God's request for me to launch Rich because that wasn't my choice. It was his. He placed it on my heart. Teaching about money again actually felt very scary for me because it's been so long since I've taught specifically on money and wealth and abundance. And uh, But as soon as I said yes, it's like my entire reality has been reflecting to me everything that I'm going to be teaching, which is really exciting And the energy of Rich, I was just telling someone, it feels so different than anything I've launched in the past year. I've been doing a lot of deep, deep healing and introspection in my courses with my clients and students and a lot of deep healing and a lot of deep feeling and moving through layers of grief and spiritual death and ego death and and preparing ourselves for the rebirth. And now the energy feels so different. It feels so much lighter and playful and soulful and... I shared this on Instagram the other day, but I've been feeling into, you know, the season that we're in collectively, energetically. The last year, we've been in this internal energetic winter for a really long extended period of time. And, you know, we're cyclical beings, especially as feminine beings. If you are a feminine being, I know not all of you are, but if you are, you're listening to this. The feminine is cyclical by nature. Yes, physically, biologically, and hormonally, but Our biology always reflects what goes on energetically and spiritually. And we are also cyclical in the way that we experience life and the way that life experiences us. And so we experience life in seasons and we need the death of winter in order to prepare for the birth of spring, just like nature does, just like we go through these cycles as well. If you experience a menstrual cycle, we go through the same cycles every single month. And so same with life. And we are collectively leaving a really long cycle of death, a really long cycle of winter. And we're entering, I know that we're about to enter fall come September externally in nature, but as a collective energetically and spiritually, we're entering the energetic or spiritual spring where we are about to reap the fruit of everything that we've been letting go of, everything we've been purging. Like we've been cracked wide open by this winter, by deep feeling and all of the grief and all of the pain and everything we've been asked to let go of. And, and we're about to reap 
the fruit of all of that comes spring and it feels light and it feels beautiful and it feels fun and it feels playful and the energy feels really high and exciting. And that's what we're stepping into with money because, and with rich, because yes, there is so much healing to be found in feeling the feels and the grief and all of it. We need to be able to feel deeply. We need to let life fully penetrate us. It expands our capacity to hold more of life. But God works his best work through love and through joy and through laughter. And there's a reason the vibration of laughter and the vibration of music is literally healing to our physical bodies. Joy is healing. Love is healing. Laughter is healing. That is what we're stepping into. Quantum shifts, quantum healing through the vibrations of joy, of love, of laughter. We're stepping into the new paradigm of internal wealth, internal richness, coming into complete union and co-creation with God and allowing him to lead this process. And this is what we're doing inside Rich. And I know that a lot of you have already joined. I'm really excited for those of you that are in. And this launch is so interesting because I'm so deeply surrendered to it. And it is also interesting doing a launch while I'm very disconnected from Instagram. Normally I'm like posting every day during a launch. I'm online all the time. I'm monitoring my inbox. I'm always writing posts. I've made one post since I've put this out there and I'm just in this season of life, I am completely disconnected from my Instagram in a way I never have been before. I'm no longer sharing as much of my life because it's just been siphoning my life force energy and I feel more alive when I'm more present in my life than I am present online. And so I've had to be fully surrendered in this, you know, quote unquote launch because I'm really trusting God to bring the women who are meant to be in this container into this container. And I'm so surrendered to how many women are going to be here, whether it's one woman or a hundred women, I am teaching this course like it's a million because whoever is here no matter who is here or what the number is, I know that God has already pre-chosen the woman who are meant to be in this container. And I'm so excited to watch the magic flow through this container and this process because it is in complete surrender to God in a way that I have never experienced, right? God is my CEO. I always say this, all of my courses, all of my work is surrendered through him, but I feel in a state of surrender that I've never been in before. And it's really exciting. I just got uh, goosebumps in my, in my tummy, uh, because I have like zero resistance and, and to this launch to this course. If any of you are coaches or you launch things, you know that there's always a bit of resistance, always a bit of what if there's crickets? What if no one shows up? What if I'm underwhelmed? What if I don't do good enough? What if I, what if I, what, there's a lot of what ifs. And this time it's like none of that. It can't get to me. I'm so surrendered to this. My heart is so fully open. I, yeah, it's a completely different experience. It's like I'm fully embodied in this internal paradigm of rich while in this experience of enrolling people into the program and it feels really really good like nothing can touch me and the money doesn't matter and the numbers don't matter because I am in full alignment and submission to God and his will for me and my business in this container and that is enough actually that's enough it's like I'm so filled with love and contentment in that way that None of the other results matter. And because of that, of course, everything is a lot more effortless. And 
this is this this is what we're entering in rich right this state of to be rich is like to be one who lacks in nothing because you are just so filled up with love and ooh, that made my heart like swell in that moment I just felt goosebumps again and kind of this rush of energy in my heart because that is what we're stepping into in rich we are stepping in to our natural state of being, our remembrance of being one who is lacking in absolutely nothing. God has already given us everything and we're so filled with love and faith and trust that nothing else matters. It is all icing on the cake, the things that show up in our external reality. Oof. That is magnetism. That is magnetism at its core. Okay, I'm going to end the episode here. Uh... I think I already said that and then I blabbered on some more, but I'm actually going to end it here. If you're interested in joining Rich, the link to enroll is in the show notes or on my Instagram bio at Brusita Blessed with an underscore. You can DM me on Instagram or email me, Kristen Jenna, K-R-I-S-C-E-N-J-E-N-N-A at BrusitaBliss.com if you have questions and I will get back to you. So grateful for those of you who have already joined also, I should mention this. So grateful for all of you women who journeyed with me in Magnetic. It was such a beautiful journey. Ooh, got chills again. Uh, so many deep transformations. It's so, it's just been such an honor to do this work. Really, it truly has. And I'm consistently blown away by the outcome of this work. The more that I submit to God, the more beautiful the work has become and the deeper the transformations have been. So, my last message to you would be that if God is calling you to something and you're terrified and it feels scary and you don't see how it can logically work, follow it anyways. Fully submit to what God is calling you toward or asking of you because there are blessings beyond what you're capable of imagining right now on the other side of that. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. As always, I love it when you all take the time to leave me honest reviews on iTunes. It means a lot to me and it really really helps me and I really hope that this episode served you if it did I would love it if you would share it with anyone that you think could really benefit from it and love when you guys share on Instagram and tag me so I can repost sending you all lots of love and I'll talk to you next week